。Hello， 这边平安。Peace， brothers and sisters。那应该做说上新人种这个系列的信息。Let us assume our series a new humanity。今天的题目是透过福音的奥妙。Today our topic will be unlocking the mystery of the gospel。经文是《以弗所书》第三章一九第十三节。The passage can be found in Ephesians chapter three verses one to thirteen. 那这十三章的圣经嘅里面 ，In these thirteen verses， 奥妙 mystery 这个字出现了五摆。The word mystery appears five times. 分别叫做福音嘅奥妙、基督嘅奥妙、上帝嘅奥妙。It mentions the mystery of the gospel, the mystery of Christ, and the mystery of God. 其实意思都是神。Although all of them actually just mean the same thing. 其实你嚟追叫做上帝的耶基督里面的奥妙。All can be called the mystery of God in Christ. 奥妙是大家人都爱知嘅大事。Mysteries are something everybody wants to hear. 咁先呢 ？Isn't it like this? 因为咱真爱听秘密。Because we love to hear secrets. 每一摆有人跟你讲，你知呀不 ？Whenever someone tells you, do you know? 哇，你嚟耳水有反应。Our ears perk up. Because we know a mystery is about to be revealed. Paul wanted to unravel this mystery of the gospel. And Paul wanted to unravel this mystery of the gospel. This is the mystery of God in Christ. He said this was a mystery that no one has known about. 一只启示，这个字哦，这个希腊文的意思是掀开。The original meaning of the Greek word for revelation is to uncover. 就亲像这个物件好包藏起来。As if something was covered by a piece of cloth. 现在将这个物件掀开。And now it's being uncovered. 上帝爱将这个启示和保罗知呀。God wanted to let this revelation be known to Paul. 现在保罗爱掀开这个启示和教会知呀。Hence, now Paul wants to uncover this revelation for the church. But why did Paul want them to know about this mystery? We can look at it in Ephesians chapter three, verse one. For this reason, I. For this reason, so we see that the reason can be found in chapter two. Chapter two is about what? What does chapter two talk about? Chapter two is about what? What does chapter two talk about? What does chapter two talk about? What does chapter two talk about? From verses one to ten, 是讲到教会所有成员沙格蒙恩的经验。It mentions about all the church members that experienced the grace. 咱本来拢是死在罪犯脚中间的人。We were all dead in our sins and our trespasses. 那个叫 walking dead. We were called the living dead. 咱现在因为福音的完结，咱重新复活起来。But because of grace and because of the gospel, we were all risen from the dead. And from chapters, from chapter two, verses eleven to twenty-two, it talks about how the church must preach this gospel or this message of reconciliation. It's how we are reconciled as a sinner to Christ. And how Gentiles were reconciled to the Jewish people. So Kibolo Gong, for this reason, I, and because of all of this, Paul says, for this reason, I. Upon reading these thirteen verses carefully, you'll realize that Paul is talking about his testimony. He is telling the church in Ephesus. 
That how he was able to fulfill the mission that was entrusted to him. To be the apostle to the Gentiles. To preach this message of reconciliation. In these 13 verses, we can explain it with three M's. Minister, mystery, and ministry. Minister, mystery, and ministry. Let's look at the first one. Minister. Let's look at chapter 3, verse 1. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, at the beginning, Paul tells the church, For your sake, I have become a prisoner for Christ Jesus. In Paul's letters, He has mentioned himself to be an apostle, a servant, and a slave. Now he has added something. He is a prisoner of Christ. Of course, he was really in prison. He was truly a prisoner. But what is there to boast about being a prisoner? When you introduce yourself, Perhaps he will tell people that I am a pastor. I am a doctor. I am a teacher. I am a lawyer. I am a businessman. I have never heard someone say, I am a prisoner. There is no use in saying this. But Paul proudly says this. I am a prisoner of Christ. But Paul was not imprisoned because he broke the law. He was imprisoned because of the gospel of Christ. Therefore, he is a prisoner of Christ Jesus. This is a very special title. We see that Paul really did everything for Christ. He is Christ's apostle. He is his servant. He is his slave. And now he is his prisoner. No, Paul once said this. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. We can see that this is the price that Paul paid for the gospel. In the history of missions, there are three very famous words. No reserves, no retreats, no regrets. These are the words of a very famous missionary. Who said it then? These are the words of a famous missionary of China Inland Mission. His name is William Borden. William Borden 
grew up in a very wealthy home. When he graduated high school at 16, what graduation gift did his parents give him? You won't be able to think about it. He gave him a trip around the world. That was his high school graduation gift. When he went to Asia, he saw a lot of people in hardship. He told his parents, he decided to be a missionary. I want to become a missionary. He wants to become a missionary. But his friends would not believe it. Because they don't believe that he was capable of giving up everything. At the age of 16, he wrote something in his Bible. No reserve. No reserves. That was the first thing he wrote. Later on, he studied at Yale. Once he graduated, his parents wanted him to take over the family business. Many other companies also wanted to hire him. But he rejected all of them. And he wrote a second phrase in his Bible. No retreat. Later on, he studied in Princeton Seminary. And once he graduated, he, he went to China Inland Mission and became a missionary there. But because his dream was to preach the gospel to the Muslims, he first went to Egypt to study Arabic. But unfortunately, he, he got ill. After one month, after a month, William Borden, who was 25, died. And when this news went back to the States, many newspapers had this news on it. When they found out that there was a third phrase written in this Bible, no regret. No regrets. No regrets, uh, no reserves, no retreats, and no regrets. These are a beautiful testimony. William Borden paid a great price for the gospel. Paul also paid a great price. Let me ask, what have we done? I often say uh, this, this common thing to my staff. No minister, no ministry. No minister, no ministry. God values this minister the most. Without the minister, there will be no ministry. Are you willing to be the servant of the kingdom of God? The second is mystery. 
Let's look at chapter 3, verses 2 to 6. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you, that is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in, our, in other generations, as it has been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. Paul told the church in Ephesus, Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. Now this word administration can also be translated as administration or stewardship. So this means that the person is under authority to do this work. When Paul was now an apostle to the Gentiles, he said that God has given him the administration or the stewardship of the Gentiles. That God has already revealed the mystery of the gospel and the mystery of Christ to Paul. Although the mystery of Christ and of the gospel are the same thing. Because the gospel of Christ is the gospel. And the gospel is Jesus Christ. Please remember. The gospel is not an object. The gospel is not a religion. The gospel is the Son of God coming as a man, dying on the cross to resolve man's sin's problem, rising from the dead on the third day, and putting an end to the problem of death. Now, this is the meaning of the gospel. Thank God. To, to accept the gospel is to have a relationship with the Lord who has died and saved us. And to have a real relationship with Him. Paul told the church, Back then, no one has known about this mystery. So Paul now explains this mystery to them. Let's look at verse 6. 
同盟应许。The mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and shares together in the promise of Christ Jesus. This mystery says three things. First. 同盟后嗣 ，that they are co-heirs。这是新新婚的问题。This is an issue of identity。咱本来就唔是上帝选民。We were not God's chosen people。因为福音嘅原因。Because of the gospel。咱那就就做上帝百姓。We're now the the citizens and the people of God。那是天国嘅子民。We're now citizens of heaven。就今朝《腓立比书》第三章二十节。Just like it was mentioned in Philippians 3:20, 咱是天顶的国民。That our citizenship is in heaven. 原本啊，最犯罪，咱的国籍在天顶。It can also be translated as our membership in heaven. 感谢上帝。Thank God. 但这个后后字，这个里这个真有这个真重要的意思。But the word heir is packed with a lot of meaning. 对吗？我 mentioned 这个犹太人的这个罗马人的家庭的里面。I once mentioned in the Greco-Roman world. 这个老辈啊，就是死也最惊。The the Roman father may have many children, but only one of them will become his heir. Only one can inherit all his property. The gospel tells us that we are the heirs and we will inherit everything. And we will be able to enjoy the glory and the reward that we'll have as citizens of heaven. Now, this Omiu Tehongmen. And the second, Gongao Tong Mong Iti will be the members of one body. This is Gongao Guan He Muntui. This is the issue of relationship. Hogim Kaibenau Nan Kap Palang E Guan He. That the gospel changes the way that we have relationship with one another. You must also take the Holan Zaya. Ephesians 2 tells us. Back then there was a wall between the Jews and the Gentiles. This wall separates these two parties. This wall could be an issue of race. Culture. Gender. Wisdom. Or status. Language. But thank God. Because of the death on the cross, this wall has been torn down. So, so whoever accepts the gospel, in Christ we are now a new humanity. We now have a very special relationship. So, so, then get your Zulai here the Zibe. So we call ourselves brothers and sisters. No matter whether you're Chinese, Filipino, American, Egyptian, or Indian, we're all the people of the Lord. We're all our relatives. This is a wonderful change. And this is one of the mysteries of the gospel. Let's look at what Revelation say about new heaven, new earth. In chapter seven, verse nine.
After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes, and they were holding palm branches in their hands. From every nation, every tribe, every people, every language, the English says that from every nation, every tribe, and every people and language, everyone is now a new people. Thank God. This is the mystery of the gospel. The third. It talks about the same promise. This is the issue of blessing. Back then in chapter 2, verse 12, Remember that at that time, you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. This time refers to the time when we're still dead in our sins and transgressions. We had nothing to do with the promise of the covenant. Which is what I said last week. Which is what uh, I mentioned earlier last week by William Hendrickson. Stainless, friendless, hopeless, godless. Back then we were Christless, stateless, friendless, hopeless, and godless. So So we had nothing to do with eternal life. With the glorious body. With new heaven, new earth. With new Jerusalem. With the river of life. With the fruit of the tree of life. All of these had nothing to do with us. But thank God. Because of the gospel, we now share the promise with them. All of these now are ours. This is the mystery of the gospel. And we see this. On the negative side, that the gospel solves the problem of sin and death. But on the positive side, that the gospel gives us all the blessings of God in Christ. Through the gospel, we are heirs together with Israel, members of one body, and sharers of the promise of Christ Jesus. It is the mystery of the gospel. This is a mystery of the gospel. Back then, no one knows about this. Thank God. But now we know. So let's talk about the third M. Ministry. Ministry. Now that we know, what are we going to do? Let's look at verses 7 to 8. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of His power. Although I am less than the least of the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. Paul says he has now become a servant of the gospel. 
This is a gift that God gave him. Because back then Paul opposed the gospel. But now he preaches it. This is a complete 180 degree change. This is the amazing grace of God. Just like the hymn, Amazing Grace. Amazing Amazing Grace was composed by John Newton. This was a this used to be a very evil man. He was against the gospel. He was a slave trader. But we couldn't think about it. John Newton Because later on he became a pastor. A pastor who used to be, who used to oppose the gospel and who used to be a slave trader. Paul is exactly the same with him. He was a person who used to oppose the gospel. persecuted the church. And he persecuted the church. But thank God. Now he is a preacher of this gospel. How does he preach the gospel? In verse 8 to 11. It tells about it tells about this work of the gospel has two important points. The first one. That the mystery of the gospel must be preached. Let's look at verse 8. To preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. In the whole book of Ephesians, the word riches is a very important word. It appears again and again. Let's look at verse 7. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Chapter 2 4. God who is rich in mercy. Chapter 2 verse 7. The incomparable riches of his grace. Paul used the word riches to describe the gospel. The rich of his, the riches of his grace. And he is rich in mercy. And the incomparable riches of his grace. And Paul wanted to preach this precious gospel to the people who did not know it. Paul recognizes recognize the richness of the gospel. And he felt a compelling force within him to share the riches of this gospel. He had to tell people about this gospel. This was very important. In the past two years, everybody is facing this pandemic. Although the vaccine is now out, but 
but it's clear that the vaccine is not 100% effective. So people are still hesitant whether to be vaccinated or not. But I don't know if you were able to notice this. Back then, people were very passionate to talk to eat this Lianhui,我来有人经过来叫来给这个Ivermectin。我们在家种来有可能有这个另外这个新的药出来,I because this is a personal choice, a personal conviction. Everybody will make their own decisions. But please remember, you have your freedom to make your own choice. But every choice has its own consequence. So you shall bear the responsibility of your consequence. But what am I trying to say? We have faith and conviction in Lian Hui and in Ivermectin. So we passionately advocate the news to other people. I want to ask, do you have the same conviction and passion for the gospel? Perhaps, Lian Hui and Ivermectin could be helpful against COVID-19. But it, it, it will not benefit us for our eternity. Only the gospel of Jesus can save us from the problem of death. Do we have the same conviction? Do you have this conviction? Then you will be passionately spreading the gospel. This is one of the mysteries of the gospel. Because this is the boundless riches and grace of, of God. The second, that the mystery of the gospel is the church. Let's look at uh, verses 9 to 11. And to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. According to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. The main idea is found in verse 10. Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. 
We know that when he when when we talk about the church, it doesn't mention it does talk about the building. The church is a people that God has called. Because the whole world lies in the hands of the evil one. Because we have committed sin. But the most amazing thing is before the creation of the world. God has already chosen us in Christ. In chapter 1 verse 4, and now salvation has been prepared. So I mentioned before that salvation is not a remedy that God made up when man sinned. It wasn't because man sinned that Jesus was now had to crucify, be crucified for their sins. And to tackle the problem of sin. No, 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 no. God, salvation was part of God's will even before the creation of the world. This was part of His eternal plan. Because God, in creating man, had the purpose for man to experience the glory of God. To experience the abundance of God. To experience the love of God. Everything was for God. God knows that the first Adam would fail. But the last Adam would succeed. Why? There's a spiritual principle that describes this. Because the, the carnal man came first and the spiritual man came after. This is a very important principle. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 15:46. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. In the past, I mentioned about this two-minute test. I said when we encounter an issue, the first, your first uh, reaction will be, will be the most natural to you. You might get angry. You might get jealous. You might feel arrogant. And you might feel hatred. Because this is your natural response to the issue. This is your first reaction. However, after two minutes, after two minutes, Notice if you have a different response. This will be a spiritual test. For example, for example. For example, you had an argument with one of your family members. You lost your temper. 
natural response. And this would be your natural response. after two minutes, But after two minutes, Perhaps you might feel after two minutes that my reaction was uncalled for. Thank God. It means the Spirit is working in your heart. Unfortunately, if you're not able to experience this, this second response, you need to reflect on yourself. There must be an issue in your life. Because there's only your natural responses, but not your spiritual response. The church refers to the people who are in Christ. God wants to show His glory and His majesty. His riches through the church. So the evil spirits or the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm will now know the wisdom of God. And even they will give glory to God. So to church. Not only was we preach the gospel, we must also display the glory of Christ. This is one this is God's purpose in creating man. But it's quite clear we have failed in the past. We were dead in our sins. But thank God. God has given us a second chance. And we must no longer live for ourselves. But live for Christ who is in us. May God help us. May our lives bring glory to God. And bring glory to the one who has saved us. Thank God. Let us pray. Jongbe Kunza
就将你家嘅荣耀，好两节就教会献出你家嘅荣耀，你嘅尊贵及你嘅圣洁。献出我哋感谢，我就咪祝福君教会头前嘅路，感谢上帝，听我哋祈祷，奉告主耶稣基督嘅圣名。Amen and Amen。喺呢一边礼拜，好多嘅读过咪，如果所述第三周第十四到二十一节，这段圣经是保罗第二拜为教会祈祷。头一拜，伊是为教会祈祷是 know him better， 可以更加明白我哋上帝。第二拜祈祷什么呢？都去读看麦。下礼拜呢，来思想第三周第十四到二十一节。礼拜个三周 ，God bless you。